This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings engaging video and audio lectures presented by top professors and professionals on a wide variety of subjects to your fingertips. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to $90 off the original price of four courses within the Everyday Gourmet series of instructional cooking courses. Choose from Essential Secrets of Spices and Cooking, Making Healthy Food Taste Great, Baking Pastries and Desserts, or Making Great Meals in Less Time for only $9.95. This great price of $9.95 is only available for a limited time, so order today. Go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, with instant post-debate reaction from the Weekly Standard's John McCormick. And John, I'll just tell you right up front, I think the person who did the best job of making his ideological case and getting his message out was John Harwood. Unfortunately, he was one of the moderators. Uh, that was something that we just saw on CNBC, and it was nothing like any debate I've ever seen before. I don't even know if he got much, much of his message across. I mean, I think he just seemed uh, defensive and whiny. He was, uh, you know, correcting himself, uh, correcting some of the candidates, saying they were wrong when he was clearly wrong. I mean, at least in two instances, he said that once, you know, Marco Rubio uh, got his, uh, you know, he, he didn't describe his tax plan correctly, and actually that's wrong. Harwood misdescribed Rubio's tax plan. He also said that Trump was wrong in saying that Trump had shortened the debate, but it was widely reported that Trump got the right. uh, debate changed. So I would say, you know, the uh, yeah, the, the big losers of the night would be uh, CNBC and Jeb Bush, and uh, big winners of the night would be Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, and um, I, I think Christie also had a good night. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And before we go to the individual candidates and the issues that are raised, I just, I just for the people who are checking out with the podcast because they watch baseball, the stuff, I, I want to be make it perfectly clear. This isn't conservative griping about liberal media. That debate was a train wreck plowing into a dumpster fire it was like cable access television had been given the rights to hold a debate if 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 a room full of substitute teachers hosted a presidential debate that's what it was well as, as, as some people pointed out you know it just seemed like they were just reading off you know it was an oppo dump an opposition research dump on every stupid silly little uh ticky tack thing that they've gone after this year i mean marco rubio uh, deciding to convert his 401k to cash so he could run his campaign, uh, you know, his student loan, just ridiculous things. Uh, and, and also just a certain level of incompetence uh, where one of the exactly. moderators, uh, Becky Quick, actually, she was, uh, she pointed out that uh, Trump had called Rubio's tax plan, uh, or no, his, his immigration plan, that he was uh, Mark Zuckerberg's personal senator. Right. And then he said, I never said that. And she replied, I don't know, didn't, didn't, where did I read that? <laughs> episode, you know, where, where George said, yeah, well, the jerk store called. It's like she finally finally figured out where she, you know, what her comeback was. Uh, it was just a very weak performance all around and uh, not impressive for CNBC. So then the question is, what what then did the Republicans accomplish tonight? Because uh, there was, I think it's safe to say there was more anger across the board. I don't, whoever hands out the anger pills or the passion pills, I, they seem to get to just about everybody on stage except Ben Carson, who remained as always a very cool customer. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Cruz had his good moment right at the beginning, where he, you know, after all these silly questions were asked of the candidates on the line, and Cruz very uh, succinctly recited how they had been bi- biased. Um, he really took out of moderators, and I think that'll really endear him to a lot of uh, 
Republican voters, uh, Marco Rubio and, and Trump also and Christie, uh, got in some good lines against moderators. So I think that was good. Um, in terms of what you know was actually substantively accomplished, I think the, the biggest win for Rubio, and it's already been widely commented upon, uh, was his early exchange with Jeb Bush. And um, you know, you, you knew it was coming early on. Jeb's been going after Rubio for a while now as the Republican Obama. He misses votes in the Senate. And uh, Rubio was just very poised, and he had a response and saying, you know, you say you're the John McCain of this cycle. You know how many votes John McCain missed? And, and Jeb Bush had no response, and, and maybe he got cut off, but if he had a response, he could have butted in. He didn't. Um, he, he looked very weak there, and things don't look good for Jeb right now. Yeah, I, I, that really struck me that Jeb Bush didn't just not have a great night. He actually had a demonstrably bad night. He tried to play. You know, if, you, if you're going uh, gonna to take a swing at somebody, you need to connect. And he did connect. He just connected with himself. I mean, it was it was brutal. And you add that with his very poor moment uh, with Donald Trump when he accused the Donald of, of uh, uh, the Donald of insulting his wife, and then he just stood there and basically shook hands with the guy afterwards. I think it's safe to say that uh, Jeb Bush is doing a bad job at these debates, as opposed to a lot of people who like you know, Ron pa- Rand Paul. You're like, well, he's there. He tries to make a shot. They don't really call him very much. The structure's against him. Jeb Bush has actually hurt himself now in at least two of these three debates. Well, definitely. I mean, the line I hear most about Jeb Bush from you know mainstream conservatives, I think he'd be a good president, but he's a bad candidate. Mm-hmm. And I think people thought that before these debates even started, because he's a Bush and people want to run a change election and another Bush versus another Clinton is probably going to lead another Clinton. But then he actually got on stage and we saw him, uh, you know, losing these exchanges with Trump. And while well, he, he loses two debates to Trump and he decides, well, I'm going to go after Marco Rubio this time. And Rubio's just response was devastating. He's like, you know, Jeb, you don't want to be doing this. Someone convinced you to say these things. I'm not going to be trashing you. I'm not going to trash you on the stage. Um, it, it just it was a it was a it was a devastating night for Jeb. Um, you know, I, I said if if they've got something better on Rubio than this uh, attack about his voting record, they better drop it right now because um, I don't. If they're sitting on something they're going to save for for January the right. week before the Iowa caucuses or New Hampshire, they might not be around for that. If they've got something, if they've got a better attack in their opposition research file, they better drop it tomorrow, um, or they might not be around to, to actually get to that fight. Uh, let me ask you about the uh, the performances overall, starting with the Jeb Bush, because you 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 pointed pointed out something. Uh, he he delivered an attack. It was filed for him. Someone put it all together, and he showed up like the basically the FedEx guy. Here, Rubio, I'm attacking you. You know, and Marco Rubio's reaction was so natural. He handled it well. Uh, Chris Christie clearly is comfortable on the stage as well. Who else do you think? And Donald Trump, he. He he doesn't he he's always set no matter what. Uh, who, who else do you think did well? And who else do you think just they just don't seem to be able to bring it to these debate events? Well, I thought Trump. You know, he Trump sort of faded in the background. Actually, there was only, uh, if I recall correctly, with the help of uh, people on Twitter, he only got into it once with another candidate on stage where he you know trashed uh, John Kasich early on. Uh, and I think that, you know, Trump just kind of faded in the background again. He didn't know the details of his own immigration plan. That was actually good for Mark Rubio because uh, the moderator was reciting in tech that Trump had made in, in the text of his own immigration plan. And Trump said, I never said that. Um, so I thought Trump did poorly. You know, uh, Carson, he, I think Carson did what he needed to do. He kept up his uh, low-key, nice guy uh, uh presentation which you know a lot of you know the debate scorecard keepers didn't think was 
very impressed in the first or second debate. A lot of the policy wonks uh, thought he had a shaky grasp on policy in the first couple of debates. I'm sure that people would say the same thing about his uh, plan for tithing. Uh, his tax plan it doesn't add up. Um, I don't think he had a good response substantively to the question about some of these, uh, the shady company that he has uh, endorsed in the past. Um, but, you know, he's just he's a likable guy. He, he speaks calmly and uh, directly and, and he's got he's got a certain appeal. And I think he, he kept that going. Um, you know, and Cruz also had a really good night. You know, I think that he did well, um, not not just on hitting the media, but also on substance. You know, there was a debate about entitlement reform between Chris Christie and Mike Huckabee having this debate about, well, are we going to keep our promised seniors or aren't we? And, and, and Huckabee, this demagogue issue, flip flops on it, actually saying that, well, we have to keep the promise of our seniors, Christie says, you know, the money's not there, it's gone, we can't, we got to level with the seniors, that this is how things are going to be. You know, the entire Republican plan, including Chris Christie's plans for entitlements, are to reform the programs for younger people to make sure that we keep things the way they are for those who are in or near retirement. And only Cruz and Rubio really made that, got that message through loud and clear tonight. You know, Rubio had a line saying, uh, you know, I, I, my mother's on Medicare, I'm against anything bad for my mother. It's one of the some speech lines, but it worked really well. And I, I think that, that was uh, really key. Those two had such a good night. They they were they were good in style and good in substance. Yeah, Chris Christie definitely looked good, but he's still Chris Christie, and you just it's it's hard for me to envision this electorate turning to Chris Christie as their representative as the Republicans. Uh, John Kasich, to me, was campaigning like a guy who was swinging for the fences. And he came out red hot, and he did exactly what the moderators wanted him to do. He attacked Republicans and attacked Republicanism. At one point, John Harwood, and I'm only paraphrasing slightly, said essentially, don't you think the Republicans are a bunch of morons? And John Kasich <laughs> kind of followed up and intended to agree. Where does John Kasich fit in the voting math? What's, what's his segment of the primary GOP primary population? I mean, listen, you've got a Republican primary spread out among, you know, 14, 15 candidates. Uh, you know, there are liberal Republicans. You know, they probably make up 20-some-odd percent of the party. And if you could if you could consolidate all those liberal or moderate Republicans, he'd be a front-runner or the front-runner in the race. Um, I just don't think he can do it. I mean, there, there's, there are many good arguments he made about these pie-in-the-sky, uh, you know, tax plans, spending plans by some of the other candidates in the race. Uh, but he just came across as, you know, the, the angry old grandpa, you know, get off my lawn. I don't think that that uh, really appeals to anyone. So I think, well, you know, there's a, there's a substantive case he made if he wanted to be the truth teller, uh, you know, the wonk who was going to tell, you know, to be the budget hawk who was going to say all these people are going to, you know, they're, they're saying they're going to cut your taxes, but they're really going to add trillions and trillions of dollars to the debt. You could have done that, but just the, the delivery was so bad. I don't think he's going to gain much traction out of this debate, even though he got – he got something like twice as much time as, as Jeb Bush to speak. I know that the Jeb Bush folks are quite upset about the amount of time Jeb got to speak, but I'm not sure Jeb would have helped himself if he had three times no. as much time to speak. No, the um, Jeb Bush people just, are upset about how much time he got. They want it cut in half next time <laughs> to protect him from <laughs> himself. That would make more sense. And and one last thing to note, uh, Rand Paul seemed to be very disinterested in the whole thing. He really was acting like Jeb Bush says, you know, I got the cooler things I could be doing, except that uh, Rand Paul told us, told us the cooler thing he'll be doing. He was uh, tele telegraphing that he plans to filibuster the uh, budget deal that was reached. And I just wonder if, uh, if Senator Paul isn't kind of playing his own math. In other words, he thinks he's got the 
libertarian, you know, uh, uh, folks, the former Ron Paul supporters, maybe young people. And so he wasn't really worried about talking to the television audience. He's going to make the case to his crew when he's filibustering yet again on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Yeah, he just seems uh, demoralized. I mean, a big problem with Paul has always been, uh, you know, his, his peevish sort of attitude. It's very easy to get under his skin. Just yesterday, he spent two paragraphs in an interview with the Washington Post, uh, trashing a BuzzFeed blogger who pointed out that Rand Paul had all these fake quotes uh, in his book from the Founding Fathers. Tonight, you kind of sort of saw that on display again, where Ted Cruz is talking about how he had co-sponsored an audit the Fed bill. Uh, When it got around to Randy uh, Paul, he sort of said, well, thank you, Senator Cruz, for co-sponsoring my bill. Um, He was not a very happy camper tonight. And, you know, he understood he he wasn't getting a lot of time to speak. And uh, when he was, you know, he's kind of focusing on uh, on stuff that really wasn't connecting, I think, in 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 a dramatic way. So to wrap, I think conclusion number one, never again will a GOP uh, debate be hosted by CNBC. I think we're Unless we got it's Larry to... Kudlow. You know they'll probably get Kudlow and Papakukas. Uh, you know will have to probably be on the next. I don't know. And, uh, I, I, no, I, more, I, no more. No more Becky Quick or John Harwood. I, I, I think CNN's. I, I, I'll be honest with you. Given their performance, I'm surprised Ryan's previous hasn't signed up the sci-fi channel and the cooking channel to do one. That they would have been more prepared than the crew tonight. And then secondly, is it. Uh, reasonable to say that we may see kind of the beginning of the end for Jeb and this transitioning of the establishment money and the people around him really taking another look at Rubio, who they've already been looking at, because Rubio was so strong where Bush was so weak. Um, you would think that. I mean, that's all up to Jeb ultimately. I mean, he's got the money to to, to last if he wants to, you'd think. Uh, you know, he's already cut back and then spending. I think he could probably uh, squeak it out. I just don't see wh- where he really sees the big break happening or, or, or where it comes. I mean, he's been now through three debates. Um, it, it doesn't seem like he's capable of having a breakout performance. So if it doesn't happen in the debates, where exactly uh, do, does the, you know, the, the establishment wing of the party coalesce around him? I mean, the problem for him is that, you know, the whole theory, the reason people say Rubio is a front runner is that people ultimately expect there to be um, some sort of establishment candidate that's united around one candidate. Uh, but the problem for Jeb is that, you know, even if even if the establishment wing of the party coalesces on him, he actually, in a head-to-head matchup with Trump, he loses to Trump by 18 points. Um, you know, candidate like Rubio is actually ahead by six points. So I think that if you just look at the at the cold math of the situation, I don't think that, that Jeb is really the, you know, the anti-Trump uh, candidate who can unite the party and, 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 and win this thing. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, like I said, if they think they've got some, you know, some nuclear bomb to drop on Rubio and they just decided to go after him with the, the light stuff first, which doesn't make any sense, you know, they should they should drop it right away because I think a lot of people are going to be giving Rubio and maybe even if, you know, establishment types giving uh, uh, Christie another look. I mean, Christie had a strong performance. He was very direct and, and um, colorful. Um, I, I think if you want a governor that, you know, you might want to be looking at Christie instead of Jeb Bush right now. John McCormick, thank you for this instant night as it happens post-debate reaction here on The Weekly Standard. I appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to The Weekly Standard podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.